0: Well, if you will remain standing for the reading of God's Word today. Uh, For those of you who have not yet met, my name is Josh. I serve as the the lead pastor here, and our scripture reading today comes out of Colossians 3, starting in verse 5. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, impurity, Father, I thank you for your word, that we, we as a church, and we get to learn what it means to be a community of faith that is pleasing in your sight, because you've shown us what it is. You've not left us to guess, you've not left us to figure it out, what, it, what it's supposed to be to be a community of faith, but you have you've spoken have spoken. You've given us your word, and now today we get to hear from you the, the community that you desire. And so today, as, as we talk about what it, might, what it means to be renewed as community, would you give us as a community a desire for renewal in our hearts? Would you help us to see the, the ways that, that sin is still lingering in our hearts and still pulling us away from you? And would you show us by your grace that the way away from that, the way that we put off sin now is not in isolation, but with one another. And we know that that has to be a work of your spirit. To bear our sin to one another, to confess all these things are too complicated and too messy for any of us us here to figure out. So would you help us by your spirit today? Would you unite your power with my weak words and make us a community of grace? In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, our downtown Seattle has has some problems, right? Um, when was the last time some of you were in downtown? Anybody? Well, I was there yesterday, uh, grabbing some food, and obviously, uh, when you go downtown, sometimes it uh, it can get a little shady. You only go to certain spots. Um, it has its difficulties. Some of Seattle's greatest problems and greatest cultural issues to work through are really put on display in downtown. But one one of the saddest things to me about downtown is actually not about any of the people. Uh, obviously, it's it's very sad to me. But but one of the things that is sad is. There's there's an old tree. Has anyone seen this tree? An old tree at this triangle of 4th Avenue and Stewart and Olive, (laughs) right there. It's an old giant sequoia tree that was actually uh, originally planted, uh, well, grew up, I guess, uh, over by Aurora, but they relocated it to to downtown. uh, And if you see this tree, (laughs) you see that a giant sequoia is really not in its right ecosystem in the middle of a shopping center in downtown. (laughs) Um, it is slowly languishing away. All of its branches are down. It's it's slowly turning brown. And they've done a lot to try to to reinvigorate it. They've they've renovated the soil. they've, They've done everything they can to try to keep this tree alive and fruitful and flourishing. But again, downtown in the middle of a shopping center is not the right ecosystem for a tree. Its tree. Its roots going down into cement and uh, having to deal with all of the issues of, of being a tree downtown, who knows what happens to that thing, <laughs> it's not doing well. It's an isolation. It's something that was meant to actually exist in the midst of an ecosystem, and now that it, it exists by itself in an environment it was not made for, it is slowly languishing away. And just, that's just like us, right? Although the the city has done everything they can to try to renovate the soil and try to keep this thing alive, it's just not in the right spot. Being alone is not the right environment, not the right ecosystem for a tree, no matter what we do for it. And it's the same for us, That, that we as people, we exist for one another. We, we were made for connection with one another, to, to live and exist in this ecosystem of relationship. And just like that tree, it does not matter how often you renovate the soil of your life, how much self-care you do. If you are not in connection with other people, you will languish. It's not what you were made for. We were made to be in community. We were made to exist in dependent relationship with one another. And that's true of every human being, not just Christians, obviously. We know that that loneliness and isolation is detrimental to every human being, and you don't have to be a person of faith to realize that. (laughs) Studies show that one day of real loneliness, like real isolation, exacts the same toll on your body as smoking a whole pack of cigarettes. It's detrimental to us. Human beings of all backgrounds and faiths need other people. But today, I'm not here to just just remind you that you need other people. You don't have to go to a church. You don't have to be a Christian to understand that you need other people. And it is not my goal today to help you see just a psychological need. That's not what the Bible lays out for our connection to one another as a church, Rather, we as Christians, not just as human beings, we as Christians need other Christians. We don't just need other people. We don't just need a psychological need to be met. We actually need other Christians. And if we don't, our faith will languish. I'm not here to just exhort you to go find some people. You can do that without a church. Go go get a mountain biking crew. (laughs) to drinks with with your coworkers after work. Go do a yoga class or a a Zumba class. Is that still a thing? People still do Zumba? (laughs) Never go away from the manuscript. (laughs) But you can do that. You can find other people. You don't need a church to find people to connect with. You just don't. But you do need a church. You do need a community of faith if you are going to be a faithful and flourishing Christian. Because as Christians, we don't just need connection, we need reconnection. We need reconnection with one another. And most of all, we need reconnection with the God who made us. We need something to happen in us. We don't just need a, we don't just have a psychological need to be met, but we actually have something to do here as Christians together in this church. And so today, I want want to look at this text in Colossians 3, and I I want to really hit on two major major reasons for why you need Christian community and not just other people, okay? So that's what we're going to do. We're going to look at this text, and we're going to talk about first the the need that drives us into Christian community. Look at at verse 5. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these two you once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth, don't lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. You, as a Christian, you are being renewed after the image of your creator. That's what's happening in your Christian life. And this is something we talk about all the time at ICON, right? That we are, it's even in our name, that we, all of us, are image bearers of God made to reflect the the glory and the grace of God. We were made to be these outward-facing mirrors that reflect back to God and to one another and to all of creation, the beauty and the glory of God. That's who we are at our core. But also, now, we are deeply corrupted image mirrors, Right? Because sin, that, that outward-facing mirror, sin has broken that. It has collapsed it inward so that now we're, we're obsessed with ourselves. We still project things, but it's more ourself than it is anything about the glory of God. We are, we are broken image bearers, broken mirrors that are curved inward by sin. And so we, we reflect back to ourselves and to all the world this false sense of grandiosity that, that we are the solution, to our problems. We, we are corrupted. Instead of being that outward-facing mirror, we become self-concer- self-concerned and self-serving. And that's what Paul hits on there. That's why he says, put to death these things, because he knows that these things are in you. This corrupted self, this corrupted self is what we're supposed to put away. Putting away the, the corrupted self that, that, that practices anger and malice and deceit. The corrupted self that makes war on everyone else's sins, but makes a peace treaty with our own. The the corrupted self that makes sensual pleasure as the reason for existence. Paul says, put these things away because you are being renewed. That's the task, that's the goal of your Christian life is to be renewed after the image of our Creator to be renewed back into that outward-facing mirror as God slowly, by his grace, curves that mirror back outward to reflect his beauty, his wonder. That's what's going on in us. We are being renewed as Christians. Now, what does any of that have to do with a sermon on community? (laughs) I say that, I highlight that need for renewal because if you don't get this, If you don't see this utter necessity for renewal and and remaking, then you will not see your need for Christian community. You might tap into that normal need for other people to be in your life, but you will not see the necessity of Christian community. If you are not worried about about your own corruption, if you don't feel it, if you don't still sense how prone to sin you are, then Christian community is just a luxury. If you don't see how much renewal still needs to happen in your heart, if you are not intimidated by your own propensity to sin, you will not run to Christian community. Because when we're intimidated by something, especially by ourselves, we run to other people, right? When there's something in our life that's, that's big and it feels too big for us, we run to other people. We see that in a unique season right now, like Halloween, Right? What happens when you're scared? <laughs> like, we, my wife and I, we're not like scary movie people, but for some reason this year we were like, let's do it, you know? Let's watch scary movies. And so, but like the tame ones, you know? And so we're watching the Scream series because it's 90s and, and super cheesy, and it's like, this is not scary at all. But yeah, so we started watching The the Screams this last week, and I think it was Tuesday night is when we watched the first one, and again, it wasn't scary, it's just one of those like thriller jumper, like, when when is he going to pop out? And at the end of the movie, we were going to watch the next one the next day, and so Um, But for some reason, at the end of the movie, I I promise I'll loop this back in, um, I really had a big craving for Gatorade. (laughs) I don't know why. I just needed a Gatorade. It was like 10.30, but I I felt dehydrated, and so I go to Gatorade. Um, And so I tell my wife, like, hey, I'm going to run to the gas station and get Gatorade. And she's like, you're going to do what? Like, don't leave me alone here, you know? And so I just got in my car and I left and went and got some Gatorade. So (laughs) she was fine. Love you, babe. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but that's what we do, right? When we're, when we're afraid, we want other people to be around. No one sits in, only the weirdos sit in the corner while the whole crew is watching a scary movie, right? That's the person you're concerned about. <laughs> you want to be around other people. When you are intimidated by something that you know is bigger than yourself, bigger, for you, bigger than your capability to handle, you loop in other people. And that's what this is. The first reason to run to Christian community, to really feel the sense of need for it, is to see the depth of renewal that still needs to happen in your heart. Christian community happens when a bunch of people distrust themselves enough to get other people involved. (laughs) They see how big the problem is in their heart. They are intimidated by the amount of renewal that still needs to happen, and so they run to other people, run for the help, the covering, the strength of other people. And so let me, let me just ask you, do you sense how deep your problem still goes? Like, do you sense it? Do you feel it? Are you in touch with how much renewal still needs to happen in your heart? Or are you oblivious? Do you see how much farther you still have to go? And are you intimidated by that enough? Are you intimidated by the task of renewal enough to make Christian community a priority? My concern is that we're not. And not just us as icon... I'm speaking to us today, but I think Christians in general today, I'm worried that we are not in touch with how much is still in our hearts. Because we, we live in this culture. Here's one of the reasons why I'm concerned, okay? Why we're not in touch with the sinfulness of our hearts. We live in this culture where big sins make the headlines and that, we live in this space where it's so easy to feel like you're, you're a nice guy, in a world of of Harvey Weinstein's and systemic racism and political division and corruption at its highest levels it's it's so easy for you to just feel like you're doing all right when you read the headlines and you see these big sins it's easy to walk away from it and just think yeah like you know i have some issues i have some things to do but but i'm not i'm not you know this terrible piece of culture that's highlighted by this news organization when there's always these big sins that are coming in front of us through the news, we, we never really... I, I, I think it, it, it keeps the sense of sin in our own hearts really dull, really small. Surprisingly, our culture is incredibly easy to be self-righteous in because the big sins are headlined every single day. So maybe, you don't, maybe that's one reason why you don't feel the sense of sin. The sense, the depth of renewal that still needs to happen in your heart. But one other reason, and this one I'm actually maybe even more concerned about. The reason why you're not in touch with the renewal that still needs to happen in your heart and are not intimidated by it enough is because we live in a culture and even a church culture that sees our biggest problem as therapeutic rather than transformation. Now, before I go on this rant, I believe in therapy. <laughs> I believe in counseling. I've, I've seen the same counselor for four years, and there's people in this room who I've said, go see, go see a counselor. <laughs> go see a therapist. But our problem is not just therapeutic. Then what we need to be renewed in is not just in what we feel or what, what even our minds give themselves to. We need a renewal that goes even deeper than that. Even that is just a symptom of what's actually going on. We need, we need a renovation that's not just a brighter paint job on our life that makes us feel more self-assured, more secure. What we need is a renovation back down to the studs. That's what we need. And so I I think part of the reason Christians aren't in touch with how much renewal still needs to happen in their hearts is because we've all kind of, it's easy to get caught in this cultural stream of what I really need is just therapeutic. I just need to feel better about my life. And you know what? You can go do that in the woods. (laughs) Church in the woods only happens saying things like the mountains are my church. Only happens when you think your greatest need is therapy rather than transformation. But if you need transformation, if there's something deep down in you that is corrupted and needs renewal, you will run to other people. You can't do that alone in the woods. So I hope we sense the need of renewal that we have. That's one of the first things that will drive us into community is to be renewed. There's this task, there's this thing that needs to happen in us that we need other people in on. Now, if we get to a place where we can recognize our own brokenness and recognize the the size we need in our renewal, then we're prepared to run to community. But that still doesn't answer the question of why run to Christian community in particular. What, What about that leads us to renewal. Why do we need Christian community specifically? Look at, look at verses 12 through 17. Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all, put put all these on, put, above all these, put on love. Which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and thankful with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So we need we need renewal. That, that's what needs to happen. But I wonder if you notice, as Paul goes directly from uh, listing all the ways that we need to put off the old self, how our old self is corrupted, we need to put that away because we're being renewed, then he immediately goes into communal patterns. And so Paul, he, he lays out in that first section individual practices, right? The individual practices of the corrupted flesh, But then what he tells us to put on are postures. And so he doesn't say, hey, walk away from sexual immorality and embrace chastity. He doesn't say, walk away from greed and embrace generosity. Don't don't lie to one another and embrace honesty. Rather, what he gets at, what he exhorts us into is to be a certain type of community. He individualizes our sin by calling out its practices, but his solution is not individual. And so your sin is individual, but the solution is communal. And the communal postures that he exhorts us toward, do you see what he hits on in every single one of them? Every communal posture that he lays out there is good news for people who still need to be renewed. Paul lays out these postures that we are to embody to one another and they all revolve around the good. They are all embodiments of the good news that we have in Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, d- I wouldn't expect that. I-, I would expect for him to say, hey, you know, put away sexual morality, put away all this stuff, put away wrath and malice and embrace accountability. <laughs> now, I'm, again, I'm not, hitting, I'm not hitting on accountability and things like that, But that's not what Paul goes into here. As Paul talks about the renewal that we need, he doesn't just tell us to confront one another or exhort each other to take change seriously, but rather, the majority of what Paul gives for us to be renewed are communal postures that rehearse and embody what the gospel is compassionate hearts meekness, kindness, patience, bearing with one another, forgiving each other, putting on love. And so if we're going to be renewed, what we need is not a community of pushiness, is not a community of challenge and exhortation all those those things have their place he says to admonish one another that certainly comes but the majority of what he says is be a be a community of gospel grace because it's the gospel that renews us right it's when we see the glory of god shining forth in the face of jesus that's what renews us out of this corrupted self and Paul here gives us this community that we need that can rehearse this gospel to us. That's why we need Christian community. Because we, because we need renewal and because the Christian community is to be the place that rehearses the gospel for one another. And we each need it rehearsed. We each need it re-embodied, right? Because it gets it gets personally fuzzy for us, doesn't it? does Isn't it how the German theologian and pastor, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, says this? Therefore, the Christian needs another Christian who speaks God's word to him. He needs him again and again when he becomes uncertain and discouraged. For by himself, he cannot help himself without belying the truth. He needs his brother as a bearer and proclaimer of the divine word of salvation. He needs his brother solely because of Jesus Christ. The Christ in his own heart is weaker than the Christ in the word of his brother. His own heart is uncertain. His brother's is sure. And that also clarifies the goal of all Christian community. They meet one another as bringers of the message of salvation. That's why we need Christian community. Yes, we feel our deep need for renewal. But the reason that sense of need drives us to community is because the solution, which is gospel clarity and faith, is so personally fuzzy at times. Like we can can say the gospel all we want, but the moment a friend comes to you in your moment of sin, and need, and they rehearse the gospel to you, that has some renewing power. When someone outside of your own head says, hey, brother, sister, you are loved by God. When they give you and extend to you and embody to you the grace that is already yours in Christ, you actually begin to believe it, which means you actually begin to be renewed. That's why we need Christian community. Yes, because of the size of our task for renewal. There's so much to be changed in our hearts still. But more specifically, is because the Christian community rehearses for us, reminds us, embodies for us all the forgiveness and kindness and compassion of the gospel. And if we embrace that, if we become that type of community, there's one specific practice that I think we need to give ourselves to. And this is beginning to to land the plane, putting some actual practice on, on what we're talking about here. All of what Paul lays out here, I think, necessitates the reality of confession. Anybody else get nervous? confessing your sins to one another, of opening up all the ways that you still fail. not And also, not just talking about the ways you made mistakes, not just talking about the ways in which you have stumbled or things like that. We use language to kind of, to blunt or mute the real pain of our confession. But that, that won't, that won't, bring the gospel enough to us to actually renew us. We have to confess our sins to one another, which means we tell the worst version of ourselves. We tell the worst version of what we've done. We don't use words like, I stumbled, I made a mistake, I had a hiccup. No, we say and we express the real sin of our hearts because there's a safe gospel community to do that in. Because it's only when we actually share the depth of what's going in our heart that we can actually have those deeper places actually renewed. And I'm 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 encouraging us toward this because this, for me, is specifically one of the things that have been revolutionary for my Christian life. Like I I uh, after Courtney and I got married, I pretty quickly got into uh, being a part of a recovery ministry, and If you've ever been to a recovery ministry, you know that you're not there to talk about mistakes. (laughs) You go deep. And I'm telling you that some of the greatest moments of my Christian life have been when I've shared the depth of what's really going on, have shared where my heart is still muddied with sin in its deepest form, and then someone else came to me and said, there the gospel goes. There the grace of God covers. And so if we're going to be a, a church that is renewed as community, we've got to embrace the practice of full of confession. And we as a church, we want to, to help you with that in the ways that we practice community here. And so if you're an usher, would you... Go grab some of the bookmarks in the back. We're going we're to hand something out to you. Um, so if you're, if you're in a community group, uh, you know that some of the things that we uh, do in our community groups has, has shifted a little bit. Uh, one of the main things being uh, specific weeks where we're just guys and we're just ladies uh, get together in order to, to share what's really going on in their life. And so we've produced, we're going to hand these bookmarks out to you, um, the, these 15 questions that, each, that, that you'll go through as you meet together with just guys or just ladies in your community group. And these questions are meant to do exactly that, <laughs> to take you deeper in what you are confessing. And if you read through those questions, you can go ahead and start handing them out. You'll see that I don't think there's a week that you can actually come to group that, uh, that week and not have something to share. <laughs> uh, it, it covers a whole swath of what it looks like to live the Christian life. And you don't have to go through it. You don't have to talk about every single question. Um, you know, this is, you know, I'm, I'm here this week. I'm here this week. Just pick out, and your group leaders know this, but, but pick out one or two questions that really hit you that week with conviction for, for something for you to, to share and to confess. And if we, do this, if we do this, we can become a church that is slowly renewed as community, Going deep, not not existing on the surface, because God knows that's not enough for us to actually be renewed and for us to actually be a church. There are deep things that are in this room right now. I've, I've been alive long enough and I've done ministry long enough to know that there is sin in this room. It is deep and that needs to be brought into the light, not in order to be humiliated or even humbled but in order to hear from another Christian, friend, that confession there, fully covered by the blood of Jesus. Would you receive that grace and walk again? So I want to take us deep as a church. I don't want to say renewed as community and, oh, we got all these different things, you know, these options that are just really just going to keep us on the surface of relationship. I want us to go deep together. I hope that you'll come with us here. Now, Finally, in in conclusion, I, I do want to talk about one thing. Sometimes, community is incredibly wounding and harmful. I talked about some of the ways that recovery ministry really helped me embrace the gospel of grace, but I also have stories of when it didn't, when confessions were not received with grace. But instead, questions of, what's wrong with you? Why can't you get it together? Hey, have you tried this? Anybody else gotten that question? Instead of the gospel of grace. And so community can be incredibly harmful. It can be really wounding. And I know, again, that in this room, there are men and women that are carrying the wounds of community of people who did not express kindness and compassionate hearts, but rather pushed you, pressed you in ways that were not okay, or condemned you, God forbid, in ways that are anti-gospel. And I want you to hear today that though community has wounded you and hurt you, the Jesus we talk about every single week, the Jesus that we center our lives around as a church He wants to heal that part of you. He wants to heal that community wound. And I wonder, if if you go through the Gospels and you see how Jesus heals people and he performs all these miracles, I wonder if you've ever noticed that as he heals someone, it's not just him restoring sight and then yada-da, he's good to go. It's not him just casting out demons just for the sake of it, but all of those things. Every time Jesus heals someone, it opens back up the possibility to be a part of the community again. You can go back into the community when you can finally hear again. You can be a part of the community again when demons have been <laughs> cast out of you by the Lord Jesus Christ. All of Jesus' miracles of healing are meant to bring people back in, people on the fringes, people with wounds back into the community. And today, I want you to hear that that same Jesus wants to heal whatever wound you have around your community, whatever community hurt you're carrying. The Lord Jesus can heal you of that and bring you back into a safe community of gospel grace. And we want to be that community. We want to be that community where people are are healed of wounds and of hurts from people who did everything antithetical to the gospel. And that's exactly why we're doing that spiritual trauma event. Friends, here in Seattle, there is a lot of spiritual trauma. There have been things that have happened here in this city under the name of Jesus that has wounded people. And not just in Seattle, we obviously have made headlines for it. But there are many Christians who are not a part of anything that happened here in Seattle that still carry spiritual trauma and spiritual abuse. And I want to say today we're not going to be a church that's going to overlook that. We're not going to be a church that's going to skate on by, and say what's in the past is in the past. We want to be a church where you can actually experience the healing that you need, to have the gospel of grace reapplied to you in that very specific arena. And so that's why we're doing that forum. November 1st, from 7 to 9 here in this room, we're going to talk about the behemoth of a wound called spiritual trauma and see how the gospel can bring healing there. I really hope that you'll join us in that. I hope that you'll invite friends because God knows there's so many more in our city who will not darken the doors of a church on Sunday because of the spiritual trauma that they have. And so this person that we're bringing in, Beth Broom, she's a close friend. She is a licensed professional counselor with a specialty in trauma. We were actually going to do it on November 8th, but we couldn't do it then because she's actually speaking at a conference on trauma. She is a expert in this field, and she is filled with gospel wisdom and grace. So I'm so excited to bring her in and for us to start this journey together of what it might look to heal from this very specific wound. And so come to it. Invite friends and see that this Jesus we talk about every week is capable of healing and bringing us back into the community where we can be renewed. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that that you care. You care enough about our transformation, about our renewal, to not just give us an individual salvation, but to give us a people. You're making a new people. God, we want to we want to embody that. And so I, I pray that your spirit would help us today, would give us in our hearts a sense of desire, a sense of even intimidation by the, the renewal that still needs to happen in our heart. But even more than that, I pray that our community groups, our men's groups and ladies' groups, our, our, our spaces, our Sunday gatherings would exude gospel grace of compassion and kindness forgiving one another, binding everything together in love so that we can actually see the renewal that needs to happen, happen. The healing that needs to happen, happen. So would you you do that by your spirit? Would you help us to confess our sins to one another? And would you help us to, as we confess our sins and receive the assuredness of of pardon and forgiveness from a fellow Christian, would that experience convince our hearts that your grace is real and slowly renew us over time? In Jesus' name, amen. This teaching was recorded as part of our current sermon series at Icon Church. During our weekly gatherings, we move from the teaching to a time of response.